So did you notice last week that Sharon snuck in some homework without even saying it? When I listened to the CD, I thought, she's getting quite clever. Her par- <laughs> As if I didn't know that already. It was like her parting words to you last week were, what makes you come alive? Do you remember that? And I'm going to carry on where she left off this week because I think the answer to that is my Sunday talk. It's the dream of the heart. I think it's the dream that is in our hearts that do make us come alive. But how many of us are still dreamers? Do you know what it means to be a dreamer, sort of? Uh, I, I think often the best way is when you interact with children. If you interact with children and say something like, uh, well, what's your dream for you know, what you want to do or what you want to be? Not necessarily in the terms of what do you want to be when you grow up, although that's one way to ask the question. But try asking the question even in a more open-ended way, like, uh, like what's your dream for living? Or, or what do you dream about wanting to do or to be or to, to show up as the most on this planet? And you will get the most amazing, heartfelt answers from people. Even if, uh, even if a, child, uh, a child can't really articulate what it would look like in the real world, they will articulate in most amazing and beautiful ways about how they could show up on the feeling side of things, in terms of being a, a perfect mom, or in terms of being in a loving relationship, or in terms of taking care of animals, or whatever their hearts are set upon, they can speak volumes about this without seemingly any necessary editing going on. And do you know what I mean about editing? Because I think somewhere along the line, we begin editing our dream. We begin thinking, well, how practical is that really? And we start getting feedback from other people that maybe our dream isn't very practical at all. And at some point in our lives, I think our dreams start becoming more like to-do lists, and they're not really much of a dream at all. I found a joke about dreams. Let's, uh, let's give that a try. Before we get gloomier, let's tell a joke. The School of Agriculture's dean was interviewing a prospective student. Why have you chosen this career in agriculture, he asked. I dream of making a million dollars in farming, just like my father before me, the student replied. Your father made a million dollars in farming? Echoed the dean, much impressed. Well, no, replied the applicant, but he always dreamed of it. <laughs> and, and although it's kind of a silly joke, I kind of like the thought of a dream that may or may not even have an implementation to it. Do you know what I mean? I think that often the trouble with our dreams getting stuck or getting abandoned or getting hacked down is that at some point along the line, we believe it's our necessity to physically implement that dream in some kind of pre-planned manner. You know, some we look out in the world and think, well, okay, if I have a love of animals, I, I'll need to be a veterinarian. Or if I, if I have a love of taking care of people, you know, I need to be a doctor. Or if I have a, a, a you know, want to be in a fantastic relationship, I should end up being a counselor. And of course, these are all wonderful professions. And what I also know is that many of us are not suited to these kinds of things as a livelihood on the planet. Should that kill off our dream, though? 
I don't think so. I still remember uh, when I used to be the youth church director many years ago, I had a, um, well, she started out as a very young girl uh, named Summer. And, uh, and I remember asking her one time, well, what's your dream, dear? And she said, oh, I'm going to be a veterinarian. Now, she was like five. I don't think, I'm not sure she knew what a veterinarian was when she was five years old. And in fact, I remember asking her a little bit about it. And she said, oh, it's the person that takes care of all the animals. And at five, that's probably a great description of a dream, don't you think? I'm going to be someone that will take care of all the animals. But as she grew older and the word veterinarian started to have more like impact with it, I remember her, and I, I'm, I was trying to remember, but I would say about seven or eight, um, I checked in with her and she said, well, I'm not so sure about this veterinarian thing anymore. And I said, well, wh- why not, Summer? You love animals. And she said, well, they have to put animals down, you know. And she said, and also, we took our dog in, and he had to have shots, and I don't know that I could actually do that. <laughs> I said, well, Summer, you know, by the time you're 20 or 25 and, you know, and are a veterinarian, if that's what you want, you might think differently. And, and honestly, there might be someone else in your clinic that could do those things for you. I don't know. Let's not kill off the dream. But you know, by the next time I had checked in with her, and at this point she had just entered uh, middle school, someone along the way had told her she was no good at math and science. And so her dream, um, such as it was of being a veterinarian, she had basically just kind of ruled it off. She said, well, I'm not that good at math and science. It's like, can't do that. Two things about this story are so poignant to me. The, the first one is, you know, how, how dare we as adults, I think, put a kibosh, if you will, on people's dreams. But I think in, in another way, what was even more important to me, or my learning on that story, is sometimes it's a mistake to think that your dream out pictures in a very pre-planned way out in the world. I mean, Summer maybe would never have been a veterinarian, truly. Maybe the effort necessary to, to do what she wanted to do in terms of being a veterinarian, maybe that was beyond her. But her initial dream of taking care of animals could be a dream that lived in her heart till the end of her days. And it could have outpictured in any number of forms. Um, it could have outpictured as working in the Humane Society. It could have outpictured as, uh, as, as working at the, the Oregon Zoo. There's, you know, there's a million different ways that a dream can materialize in the world if we give it a little freedom, if we give it a little easiness, a little gentleness in how that might happen. Because what I do know is the world is full of people that are more than willing to tell us why we can't do things, and, and chief among them is my own darn brain. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever wanted to do something really badly yourself, and you're the one coming up with all the reasons why it's a bad idea, or it won't work, or it didn't work last time? Or You know, we're a terrible enemy for our own selves when we're trying to do something that's in our heart. We'll come up with every darn reason why maybe that won't work or why it's going to take too long or why I'm too old to do it or or why I'm too infirm to do it or blah, 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 blah. It's how we are. So when the dream begins to fade, what can we do about it? I think it's dangerous to not have a dream. 
We're using this book of uh, Howard Thurman's uh, this month, and here's what he says about not having a dream. He says, we cannot continue long to even live if the dream in the heart has perished. It is then that we stop hoping, stop looking, and the last embers of our anticipations of joy fade away. This is not the life to live. And yet so often I think our dreams, we ourselves, the people around us, box up in such a way that it's difficult to hold it in our heart in that dreamy kind of way. And you know what? Even in the science of mind, we kind of downplay the idea of hopes and dreams, don't we? We say things like, you need to have an intention and just have it as though it were already yours and then the world will respond. We'll say things like, well, you know, hope is just kind of a a sort of a weak way of saying you're not ready to really claim something. Haven't you heard some flavor of that, that that really if you put your gumption behind something, you don't just kind of hope you'll have it. You don't just kind of hope you'll do it. You say, by gosh, I will and I shall and I have it already and it is good. And that's what makes the universe respond. But if you're like me, the universe doesn't always respond just like that. What keeps us alive in the interim? What is it that allows us to move forward when evidence to the contrary is on the right and the left? What allows us to keep moving forward in the direction of where we want to go when everything around us says, maybe not, maybe later? It is this thing that we call a dream. It is this thing called hope. And so although a hope or a dream may not be the best recipe for manifesting something on the spot, I will tell you it is the thing that keeps us praying. A hope and a dream is the thing that keeps us motivated. It keeps us steering a course towards something better. It is that dream in our heart that allows us to make progress in this world where otherwise we might just say, that's it. This is as best as it gets. So rekindling this dream, how can we go about this? For those of us who maybe had one too many people just say, you're never going to do that. Or for those of us who maybe along the ways to our own selves said, I guess I have to give that one up. How can we regain it? Well, the first thing I want to suggest is we got to know what it is. And so I have some tips for you all on knowing what your dream is. Because a lot of us gave it up so long ago, we might not even remember it. And I guess that would be my first tip. Think of yourself as newborn. Think of yourself with that childlike mind of inquiry. Think of yourself as, as fresh, as uh, re-virginized, if you want. Think of yourself as, as knowing that anything is possible for you and then ask the question, what makes you come alive? What is your dream of the heart? Because still inside you is that innocent young one. Still inside you is that heart of innocence and purity that can answer that question without worrying about how it's going to outpicture. That's not going to worry about whether there's enough money to do it or whether you're smart enough to do it or whether... Do you know what I mean? There's, there's a bit of you always that can answer the questions from the really naive and innocent perspective of anything is possible. 
And above all in the science of mind, what I do know is nearly every Sunday we teach everything, anything is possible. So answer the question, if you will, Sharon's question from last week, what makes you come alive from that no-holds-barred position, from the anything-is-possible position, from that position of knowing that you and the universe are capable of anything? Now, if you're still not quite getting an answer, if it's still, you know, I'm not really sure, I do have some parameters around most likely what your dream will look like. First of all, when you're moving toward your dream, time speeds by. Do you know what I mean? When you're in the zone, when you're doing your thing, there's a a million different ways of talking about it, but when you are doing that dream of the heart, time will fly by like that. You will feel blessed, you will feel happy, and at the end of a, of a day that might have been filled with activity, you'll actually have more energy than when you started because your dream creates energy in you. It is your dream that propels you forward in the, in the midst of turmoil and trouble. Also, your dream is positive and uplifting and fun. If your dream seems like a toil, that isn't your dream. I don't know what it is. It might be related to your dream. There might be some fraction of your dream in it. But if at the end of the day you're exhausted and you're thinking, oh my God, another day like that? Can I bear it? Then then that's not your dream. And it may sound silly to have to tell people that, but I find myself there now and then. And then I have to think back again. All right, Larry, what is your dream? What is your dream? Also, your dream is enduring and compelling. Now, in ministry, we call this the calling. And I thought I would just use the phrase the calling, realizing that you all would kind of know what that meant. But I think I probably need to explain it. The calling to ministry means that whether this church was here or not, whether I was paid or not, whether or not the entire circumstances of the universe were different, I would still choose to be teaching spiritual principles. Come what may, I am called to tell people about their power, to to allow more freedom in this world by by teaching and speaking the truth. And whether it be on Sunday or or whether it be, you know, at the bridge club, you name it. (laughs) I'm making things up now. But my calling is such that it will endure even when I retire. I I mentioned the first service and got a glower from someone. Even when I retire, I'll still have the calling. And, And I think they didn't realize that what I really meant was there's no end to this. When you are feeling the dream in your heart, it doesn't even have an end point to it. And I think that's one of the mistakes where we get confused a little bit about what our true dream of the heart is. Because if the, the dream of your heart is done, where do you go from there? So if the dream of your heart is just to get a, a million dollars, that's not the dream of your heart. If the dream of your heart is simply to have a certain kind of career or, or, or live in a certain kind of house or, or move to a better neighborhood, you know, a part of your dream of the heart might be involved in those things. But that's not the dream. The dream 
is never ending. The dream might be about love. The dream might be about education. It might be about uh, animals like my friend Summer. It might be about bringing joy to certain kinds of people. It might be about being the, mess, the best mom that you could possibly be. I don't know what your dream is, but I know you're not done with it one day. I know that one day you don't wake up and go, oh my God, what do I do now? I already lived the dream and now I just got nothing. It's not that way. The calling will call to you as well. It's a call towards being in this world in a certain way that is excellent, that is fun, that is exciting. And the other thing, the other tip that I want to leave you with is your dream in itself does not have to be implemented in the world to still be your dream. There will be periods of time when you have to make choices that don't seem in perfect alignment with your dream, and that's okay. You do not have to be in uh, the process of implementing this dream out in the real world all the time. In fact, it is the dream that gets us through the hard times. The benefits of having a dream are helping us to make decisions, helping us to get through tough times, to help keep us from being bored, to help us be alive. This is why we even have the dream. In some ways, we don't need to implement it at all. I remember my grandfather was a, kind of a, a, a story spinner, and, uh, and he was kind of fun, although you had to be a little bit careful, because if you were around him long enough, you'd realize that he would tell the same story, and it would sometimes would have different endings, and, you know, and of course, and it was all portrayed as just the, you know, the God-honest truth. But what I learned from my grandpa is true or not, implemented or not, in physical reality or not, the dream is sustaining. Your own version of reality, if you will, as long as it's not hurting anyone, <laughs> is a wonderful thing to have in your mind and in your heart. Dream big. And so I want to extend Sharon's homework to this week and ask the question one more time. What makes you come alive? What is the dream that is in your heart? And you know, this is the perfect time of year. This is that time of reflection. Um, you know, it's probably almost noon, so the sun's going to be setting any, any time now. And it, it, uh, it causes us to to go into that place, I think more this time of year, of reflection than usual. And I would like to invite you to honor that rhythm of the season and do a little bit of inner work this week. You can do it because Sharon assigned it. You can do it because I assigned it. I don't care. But I think it will serve you well to rekindle your own dream, to know what it is and to begin looking towards it as that kind of stable and solid beacon that is your calling, that does propel you forward no matter what's going on on the outside. So I'm going to close with one more quote from um, this wonderful man, Howard Thurman, and then I'll do a prayer. Howard Thurman says, The dream is the quiet persistence in the heart that enables us to ride out the storms of churning experiences. It is the exciting whisper moving through the aisles of spirit, answering the monotony of limitless days of dull routine. 
It is the ever-reoccurring melody in the midst of the broken harmony and harsh discords of human conflict. It is that touch of significance which highlights the ordinary and the common. Keep alive this dream, for as long as you have a dream in your heart, you cannot lose the significance of living. Let us pray. One power, one presence, one mind, one heart. It is this thing called God, and I know it means everything. It is every person, every place, everything, every situation. It is that love of life itself. This is God. And what I know about God is that it also means me, that, that my dream of the heart is present and strong, that, that God's love for itself extends towards me and my own self-love that allows me to feel that which calls me, that song in my heart, that, that mission that I have, that sweetness within that can guide me through anything. And as it is true for me, I know it is true for each person in this room, that each person here has the wherewithal this week or the, the next week to once again listen to that calling, to that dream of each person's heart. And whether you think of it as what is it that makes you come alive, whether you think of it as the dream of the heart, what I know it is this that propels each person in this room forward in life smoothing over the rough spots, uh, uh, um, stilling the raging storm, the bringing about more love and more life as they move forward. It is this dream of the heart that each person in this room is entitled to and can kindle. And I am simply grateful for this awareness, simply grateful in knowing a world full of joy brought about by people living their dreams. And so with great gratitude, I just let it be, and so it is. So it is. So thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you.